0: Hey, what is going on, everybody? It's Monday night. It's seven PM, and for the first time in like a whole a whole last month, it's time for unscripted here on the OBR. I am Michael Keefe. He is Andrew Spade, and Andrew, man, it's, it's it is something to see you, man. It's something oh, to see okay. you. <laughs> All right. Well,
1: if it can't if it can't be good after a month, we probably should just
0: call it quits. <laughs> no, no if it's you can't, great.
1: If you can't it's say anything see nice you.
0: after a month off, I mean, holy shit. Well, first of all, I would never say anything nice. So like, let's get that. <laughs> let's get our business together there. I'm not going to just be nice to you all of a sudden yeah. because I haven't it's, seen you, you in know, like a month.
1: It, it is great to be back. I I, I want to tell people, I want to I share the unvarnished truth about what happened. You don't, yeah, it's fine. Like, I'm cool with it. Okay. So what happened is that I came to Mike in like, what, early June? And I was like, Mike, I don't know, man. I, the whole summer, there's nothing to talk about. Do we really want to do this? And Mike's like, absolutely, we do. Every week, we got to be there. We got to be consistent. Otherwise, we're going to lose our audience. Every week, we got to put in the time. And I'm like, okay, man. You know, like, I appreciate yeah. your, your hustle, your grind, your stick-to-itiveness. I was ready to take a few weeks off, but you aren't, you're not going to stop. And I appreciate that. And then every week for the past month, Mike has canceled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's I can I cannot sure. put it more succinctly than that. It is no, a whole month straight of a text on Monday morning, like I don't know, man. I, I don't think it's going to happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, like it's great. It's so funny, funny. The funny thing is, I went into all of those Mondays being like, "Yeah, I can figure it out," like a yeah. way to get away yeah. from these commitments, right. and like you know, this wasn't like going out to dinner with friends. No, I've I not know. been home. I've yeah. not been home. No, I I know it's
1: it's just you know, summer is a lot. It always is between work stuff and then other stuff. Yeah there's more things than there is time. Everybody's having to turn stuff down. So I'm not I'm not at all upset about it. I just think the arc of it was really really funny to go from me, you know, kind of pushing for it to then getting what I wanted but in the weirdest way possible. Uh, I have to say though I'm I am thrilled thrilled to be back and I am I am even more thrilled that we even if we're talking about things that are still in the ha- in the future, they're in the very near future, which is exciting. I'd like
0: to say shout out for one moment. Like, are we both wearing Cavs gear tonight? We are. Yeah, Yeah, my Cavs hat on. My Cavs, like, you yeah. Know, I think it's an homage shirt, maybe. Yeah. We're doing it. Not playing that unscripted. No. That's an yeah. unscripted. Yeah. Clothing collection
1: there. Yeah. That's just two guys that are super excited about Max Struess. No, the,
0: oh, I'm kind of excited about it. Again, I can shoot, uh, and I'm also excited about uh, George Niang uh, yeah. because anybody whose nickname is uh, the minivan is my favorite. Yeah, of all. Time. Yeah, is that's as good as it gets. You're the minivan. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you're my new favorite player. Um, <laughs> no, I've been. I, to be honest, it's been such a bummer every time I've had to cancel because you came up with this really good like, "Hey, we I I can't like Andrew took all the he took this t- I don't know how much time it took you." But he took time to be like, all right, I've, I'm going to come up with this kind of idea where we can argue about stuff. We're like, we know, not a force thing, but like, I know we have differing opinions on this stuff. Yeah. And we did it on the last episode that we were on together. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, that was great. That was, and then I was like, I can't, I can't do it again. I can't do it again. I can't do it again. <laughs> I hope you support that stuff because I, I thought it was a great idea. Yeah. Next off season, maybe. Well, listen, like you said, Andrew, and, and that's part of what's exciting here. It's like, shit, guys, guys, we've been through it. Andrew, those of you joining us live, maybe you're going to watch this on demand later. We've been through the shit. Mm-hmm. It's over. Mm-hmm. Training camp starts in like, what, five days? The end of this that's week. That's right. That's right. Out in West Virginia or wherever they are, Greenbrier. Mm-hmm. Although, okay. So I'm interested to hear and, and, uh, we may hear maybe a little bit more in depth about this from some people inside the Browns on Garage Beer. So a little, mm, very good. I'd be interested to hear, right? Like, there's this, like, hey, we're gonna get out of Berea, we're gonna go, and we're gonna have this, like. And what is it? What does it automatically make you think of? It makes you think of the movie We Are Marshall, right? Where they where they take yeah. the guys to Gettysburg or whatever. It makes you think of Remember the Titans, where they load these boys up on buses and they're sleeping in bunks, and it's like a hard training camp out in the boonies where they really get together and then i'm like that seems like it's kind of the idea here we're gonna get away from everything and we're gonna go do this and then i realized like yeah but you're going to like one of the fanciest right like swankiest locate is this like a team building thing or is this like hey let's do camp but also like this is going to be kind of a vacation yeah, I mean I, I don't that part I don't care about so much because
1: like I, I think you know these guys are for the most part, you know, really I mean, you know, highly paid athletes who are, you know, at the top of their craft. And so they really need the type of amenities, you know, that a place like the Greenbrier has. They don't really it wouldn't be good economic sense for a billion dollar NFL franchise to cram a bunch of millionaires into dorms at a community college, right? Yeah, but like, get your
0: asses into dorms at West North Central Pennsylvania the uh, state tech universe right. share a single hot tub yeah no yeah
1: exactly right yeah like everybody's sharing one tube of ben gay or whatever like it's There's just it's not it's not the best idea so from that perspective i think it makes a ton of sense to go to a place that has the space and the facilities to accommodate yeah. real a real training staff and all that sort of stuff i think the big issue is what are these guys doing when they're not At the facility, right? And so the the difference is when you are in Sulphur Springs, West Virginia, it's a lot harder to go out. Whereas if you are in Berea, Ohio, you're not far from Cleveland. You're not far from, you know, a social scene. You can go out. You can get after it after hours. And I think that really is the difference, right, is that That in their downtime, these guys will have
0: to come together because there's nothing else to do. Be remiss. I mean, already you guys in the comments, Oh, I know it's you going guys off. Are Also amazing, but already the, I don't know what happens on this show, but I love you guys for it. Yeah. On this show, these follow trains just happen. These, these gifted subs, OG Philly, five gifted subs, and you can watch them come in, in the comments. And then right after that, he's like, I'm not going to be one-upped. Here's Kevo 680, five gifted subs. Uh, shout out to you guys. Uh, you guys are awesome. Big time, big time stuff. Yeah. listen, i'm with you i guess it's not a bad thing like it's 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 why i've missed the show for the last month kind of those like work retreats where yeah you know it's yeah it it just made me laugh because i think of these old movies where they're off to these oh absolutely hard places to learn lessons and like yeah survive out there right one field these are adults you don't need to do that i guess but like yeah i don't mind i i don't mind it i don't want to get off on the wrong like there's a lot of people that are like, what do you mean you're taking them out of Berea? And oh, that's against tradition or whatever. Like, yeah, tradition doesn't work, yo. <laughs> like, right. it's not yeah. in here. That's been proven. So I don't mind. Mm-hmm. But, it, but it starts this week. And it does. It this week, yeah. we, we actually, and and hold on, let me stop again. Yep. Red Leader, five more gifted subs. Like, we are, y- you guys are the best. You guys yep. are the best. Thanks Shout you out. Yeah. Uh, We're having a great time already. We're right here. We're right here to start talking about actual things. Just so excited. We're right here to start talking about uh, we we've we've spent so much time trying to find the stuff to talk about and is Miles Garrett a leader and Deshaun Watson can he keep it mm-hmm. clean and oh are the running backs really worth it? We've just been just hours of being like what are we going to talk about and now it's finally going to come down to okay. Let's talk about in training camp. Which of the bottom side – because, like, there's a lot of really fascinating things about to happen at training camp. Sure. Uh, where are these guys that are going to fill out this roster? You and I have talked a lot about kind of building up the bottom of the roster, mm-hmm. raising mm-hmm. the floor. And that's how you turn into a contender is when your guys get hurt, the guys that fill in for them are not bad. Right. Uh, so, you know, where are we going to raise the floor? And it's, it's all right here, man. I'm pumped. I'm thrilled. Yeah. No,
1: I, I think it, I, yes, and I think one of the things I'm curious about to go back to this conversation about the Greenbrier is what is the situation? The, what are the actual logistics of it? Right? I know that they've got some, they've got some open space that they turn into practice fields, but my questions are like, where are the media going to be? Right? Because sometimes when they're at these weird spots, it's it's to the Browns' advantage. That the media is like 50 yards away from the field in a corner, and they can't actually see what's going on. Right. So what, are, what, what is the footage that we're going to get out of West Virginia even going to look like, right? Is this going to be like the Zapruder film where we're just – we're trying to like break down – I think that's the Sean Watson. I believe he's throwing a pass.
0: And I it think if, if that's true, he looks knoll. great. From the grassy knoll.
1: But you know what I mean? Like it, it could – and so I, that's what – I mean this is like really nerdy stuff, but that's one of the things I'm curious about is like what is it even going to look like? Is the media going to be able to cover it or is it going to be – like this week-long tease, where we're not really able to see them until fans get in the door
0: once they're back in Berea. Whatever it is, I will say this, and and you know my feelings on this type of route. Things over the last two years specifically have not gone well in Cleveland, right? And it's for a lot of reasons. Sure. You've had an sure. injured quarterback, then you brought in a quarterback that gets suspended eleven games. You're trying to win with Jacoby Brissett. There's a lot of reasons why things haven't gone well but I always appreciate let's try something new. Let's Mm -hmm. try something different. Let's let, you know what? Let's maybe get away for the week and see if that's one of the things I think there's any big positive that John Johnson leaves us with John Johnson. (laughs) I think when he was here really shed light on, um, successful teams that he's been a part of in the past. Yeah. Had a lot more camaraderie togetherness. Yep. Um, all of that. Right. And he, when he got here, he was like, man, our 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 wellness program isn't great. Our team isn't like getting together for things. And maybe he kind of sucked on the field, but he brought light to that. So this yeah. to me seems like a, yeah. a situation of them being like, listen, mm-hmm. we're going to try something new where yeah. maybe this is, we're going to put ourselves all in one area and we're all going to get together and 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 grow as a team. Maybe that's not such a bad thing. Yeah, no, it's unclear whether or not, he did anything to back up those criticisms or oh, no, if he, he didn't was do, just he didn't do shit just like on the field. He didn't do, well, anything. that's what I'm saying is
1: it, it, felt like he was just airing out the team's dirty laundry for the sake of, of, sure. of, you know, which, you know, is, is kind of what Malik Jackson did when he was here too, which we can talk about in, in regards to the miles Garrett thing. But, um, but you're right. Putting a spotlight on it one way or the other. I mean, it, you know, it kind of reminds me of that, NFL PA survey that the, that they released, you know, uh, what was that ahead of the owners meetings? Yeah, I th- think I that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Y- yeah. And it's, it's that sort of stuff where, you know, th- I think as we we're seeing a little bit of a, a shift more broadly in society, specifically within the NFL of these players kind of arriving with a little bit more of an entitled mindset. And I don't mean entitled necessarily in a bad way. I just mean that they understand that there is a standard. I mean, yeah. there are college facilities that are nicer than some NFL facilities now, right? Oh, for sure.
0: A yeah.
1: lot of, them. I know. Yeah. So, so if you're a player that that went to Alabama or went to Texas, and you get into the NFL and you go to Cincinnati, it's like, what? What are we doing here? I know. Yeah. I know the Bengals have more money than Texas. I mean, it might be close, but it's you know. I, it, yeah, I was going to say, I don't know about that. <laughs> know
0: but about but that. My,
1: my point is, is that they, these guys understand the money in the business, and they understand. That, that there's a standard that they can expect because they've been exposed to it even at lower levels right yeah correct so there's there's a less less hesitancy on the part of the players to say this is not acceptable whether it's culture issues or facility issues whatever and i think the brown this move to the greenbrier the way that they're restructuring their facility which is also you know work that is ongoing this is all in response to that sort of feedback for sure
0: yeah, the comments have been great. By the way, I didn't know we were going to get into West Virginia comments, but Oh, they, they're the OG Philly the comments, says, yeah. "Well, they're going to learn about right. the opium <laughs> epidemic." Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is my favorite. Kev, oh man, this is the comment of the night. West Virginia, come for the meth, stay because you sold your car for the meth. Yeah. And and listen, I mean, I'm from
1: Ohio. Uh, you know, I well, there's a soft spot in my heart for Ohio, but Ohio taking pot shots at West Virginia is very funny to me because No, it's not.
0: Basically no, it's one not. big state. No, what You've never you've never been to West Virginia. All right. What are you talking about it's very different. It's a very different place. Well then then like you've never Steuben been to Southern Ohio. But yeah, okay. Well nobody nobody claims that. <laughs> That's not part of Ohio. That's part of West Virginia. That's what I'm saying. We're talking about Steubenville, Ohio, West Virginia. Yeah. Normal. Exactly. Place. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking with yeah, exactly we're talking about Portsmouth. Yeah. So listen, training camp starts this week. They're going off for a week to West Virginia. They're coming back here after that. I think the first open training camp to the fans, August 1st, I believe. And we're, I mean, we are so close to, and again, remembering the Browns have four preseason games this year. Uh, so we're, we are right on the doorstep of the hall of fame game. Yeah. And then it flies like that. That to me is when it flies. You get through training camp, you hit the first preseason game and all of a sudden it's opening day. Uh, so we are there. And and real quickly, speaking of the Hall of Fame game, I do want to bring this up real quick uh, because this is something that we're going to be a part of here with the OBR. Uh, so we got a fun little read here. Uh, but calling all fantasy football fanatics, join the OBR and the nation's foremost fantasy football experts at Fantasy Football Expo 2023 in Canton, August 11th through the 13th. Uh, which is the weekend following Joe Thomas's induction ceremony. And they just announced today. I think he's going to be the final speaker. So he's like the keynote as he should be, as he should be. Uh, Fantasy football expo weekend is filled with everything you'd expect when a bunch of fantasy football enthusiasts and fans get together for a weekend. I don't know what that is. Yeah. But it says parties. Right. So that's cool. Fantasy drafts, pro football hall of fame, more parties, And a ton of fantasy football information from the top fantasy football minds in the country. And yet, you know we're going to be a part of it with the OBR. Booth 24 in the Expo Hall on Sunday. And we're also going to be wandering around the festivities on Saturday. So if you're interested in joining, get more information and tickets at the Uh, fantasyfootballexpo.com. Yes. I don't know why Fumble thinks strippers is a part of this, but I doubt it. And yeah. Not in Canton. <laughs> no. No, I, I think I think less strippers, more like
1: spreadsheets, right? More like yes. more like customized spreadsheets for your fantasy football draft to help you like win your league. I think it's more that it's more like yes. dialing it in for a, a, a tight end premium wide receiver, you know, half pp you know, like really dialing in that 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 spreadsheet so that you can absolutely dominate your draft. I think
0: that's probably more the vibe. I think it's going to be cool, though. I think there's going to be yeah, some absolutely. big name, big name fantasy football people there, and and mm-hmm. frankly, just even if you're a casual fantasy football person, to go down, spend some time at the Hall of Fame, hang out, come hang out with us on Sunday, uh, yep. it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Yep. Make sure you check it out. All it's right, Andrew. We can get. I want to talk about a couple current events, and then I, I do. I, I want to get towards the end, and we want to take some questions from you guys towards the end. We do, but I do want to get into some of the the stuff that you had going on for us um before we took our little three to four week hiatus there but there's some current events that i want to talk about yeah uh current event number one i think it's better to be more current than living in early july thank you Mm -hmm. but like also yeah like we'll go back uh current event number one deandre hopkins officially has a team yeah uh oh god (laughs) from youtube oh dorothy needs a break in canton old dorothy oh god (laughs) grandma uh deandre hopkins has got his team he has signed his deal i think it's officially a two-year deal but it's kind of a one year and then see what happens kind of deal uh with the tennessee titans which after they announced the teams that he was taking his visits with it just that that's the one that seemed like if he's out there for a prove it kind of money deal he'll take the titans deal
1: yeah
0: um It's clearly not about let's go join a team that's going to win a bunch of football games. I think this deal for Hopkins is about his next deal. Hmm. And it's like a go prove it thing. Hmm. Uh, But Hopkins is a Tennessee Titan. I know there was so much chatter in Cleveland and I don't think it was unfounded. Uh, His quarterback in Houston where he had his most productive years for the most part was Deshaun Watson. They still talk all the time. Watson did a little bit of um, uh, lobbying for his boy, even a little bit publicly. Uh, But in the end, Hopkins and the Browns never really got connected. There were never any rumors or reports that they were connected outside of, hey, they both know Deshaun Watson, so maybe there'll be a thing. And he signs his deal with the Titans. So I don't know, Andrew, what were your thoughts when you saw this come out?
1: Uh, I talked about it on uh, Jake's podcast a little bit last, or I guess the podcast that came out today. I I would uh, sort of categorize my emotion, my reaction, as disappointment, right? Because I was of the opinion that the Browns, you know, if they could get him for a a decent price, should be interested. It's clear that they weren't at the price that he got from from Tennessee. And I think, you know, I I heard some reporting from Joe Rexroad, who writes for The Athletic, uh, on the Titans, that, you know, basically was nobody was offering what the Titans were offering. And so I think, you know, I I mean, I I would disagree with you a little bit, Mike. I think this is more about him trying to make as much money as he can before he leaves the league. I think this is probably his last deal, and I think he'll probably retire after this. So, you know, I think he's trying to maximize his earnings, and a lot of those incentives are tied to production, and he he has a clear path to a ton of production in Tennessee because there's really nobody else that's a proven pass catcher there. So he becomes a clear number one target in an offense that, you know he has some familiarity with real Tim Kelly, pass thrower.
0: There's <laughs> a real crappy pass thrower there.
1: Yeah, I mean i I don't hate I don't hate Ryan Tannehill in the right yeah. system, and I I think Tim Kelly did some nice things for Houston when he was their offensive coordinator. Uh, I think it was what two years ago with uh, yeah. David Cully, I think it was I can't remember or three. Anyway, my my point is just to say that I think Hopkins is looking just to make a little bit more cash, and that's understandable. But I think because of that, the Browns were never in the conversation. So I'm disappointed. From that perspective, and I'm also disappointed because I think this really does raise the Titans into nobody's going to want to hear this, but in the same relative realm of where the Browns are right now. And so it's another contender uh, in the AFC. It's a very crowded playoff picture and the Browns play the Titans week three. We know Tennessee's going to give them a game. They always do. So, uh, I, you know, I don't like to see that either.
0: I'm not going to disagree with the last part that you just said. Like, oh, Tennessee could be because they should all be games. It's the NFL, but like this signing doesn't do anything for Tennessee. Oh, I disagree strongly. Oh, this signing does not. This signing does not make Tennessee. I don't. I don't know where DeAndre Hopkins does not make Tennessee like a playoff contender. I disagree. Especially their defense might out. make them a playoff
1: contender. Well, but Mike, they didn't have anybody to throw the ball to before, and now they do. And they got a guy
0: to throw the ball to. Well, that's how, what, how many, that's, how many, how many, how many really good teams have we seen with really good one guy wide receivers that have been terrible?
1: No, I, your yeah, point's we've well been taken. the We've just, been yeah. that team. No, your points for a well taken. Time. But I, I, think what happens is Hopkins. If, if that's the case, and Hopkins draws coverage, then that gives room for Chico Conquo or Trailon Burks to develop.
0: Yeah. Well, they. Yeah. Okay. I, I, to me, this doesn't. I, this doesn't. I think those guys me, are
1: good as the second and third options on an offense.
0: This signing could have made me look at a team. Like the Browns, like maybe Baltimore, like maybe the Jets. There could have been a few teams that he went to that would make me look at those, like the Chargers or something like that. That would make me look at that team and go, ooh, based on all the other things they got, adding him levels them up. He doesn't do that for Tennessee. In my opinion, he does not do that for Tennessee. Okay. And for Tennessee, he's just he's gonna go be a really good player on a really average team. That's that's exactly what's gonna happen there because your quarterback sucks balls. Like, I'm sorry, Ryan Tannehill is brutal. He is he is below average in the NFL, and he never will be anything other than that. He's had good wide receivers in the past. Tennessee's had good wide receivers. I don't think they're going to be anything different, anything special. I think their defense is gonna be okay. I think, yeah, it just doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't do anything for me. I I mean, I I would just say that that's really underrating what the Titans did even last year. To me, this signing moves no needles. Okay. Like, I would still pick Tennessee to finish. Oh, 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 I'm not talking to you. My watch always thinks I'm talking to it. Yeah. Uh, To me, I would still pick Tennessee to finish in the exact same spot in their division as I did before. Which is? It doesn't probably second
1: okay all right and and out of the playoff picture yeah i i mean i just i just think you know it hit them having now a proven pass catcher i think tim kelly can do an okay job with their offense i think it it with their defense i think their defense has a chance to be a top 10 defense that's how i feel about their defense Sure. i agree with that so so in that case then if their offense can be league average that's a, a playoff that's a, that a team that is in the playoff conversation
0: and I, think you, I think before. you have quarterbacks that's gonna. Uh, you have a quarterback that will more actively lose you games than win you games. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I and, and, and this just, is the thing. Yeah. We had this discussion. I was on with Brad on All Eyes on Cleveland, and I loved it. We talked about all these things, but the fact of the matter is, and this is why the Browns seem so desperate to go get Deshaun Watson, and it better work. The whole thing about all of this is, none of it matters if you don't have the quarterback. Sure. No, you're not winning if you don't have the quarterback. Or if you don't have magic, right? Look at all of the Super Bowl winners. They've had their quarterback, or they had ma- the, the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl. It was just—it was like a magic run. You went on a magical run. Otherwise, you got to have your quarterback, and they yeah. don't have that.
1: Yeah, I think we maybe disagree a little bit on who Ryan Tannehill is. I think that oh, he has—I sure. su- think he has suffered for lack of offensive cohesion there in Tennessee since Arthur Smith left. But I think Tim Kelly is is a better offensive mind than what they've had. And so I think they'll they'll kind of recover a little bit after what was I think it was two years of Todd Todd Downing or maybe just one, but anyway, he wasn't it. So I you know I think they will, I think they'll be better than they were last year on offense, especially with the Hopkins edition.
0: Can I can I tell you some as somebody who watched him there,
1: when mm. I was there? Yeah, right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I, for, I always forget about the weird hatred you have
0: of players. No, listen, I, I don't I don't hate the guy himself. He seems like a really nice guy. No, he I know. Stinks. Yeah.
1: He yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: stinks. Yeah. Okay, he stinks. let's move on. Stinks. But off the board, and, and listen, uh, just real quickly about Hopkins, Browns, all that. I was disappointed in that uh, there was that hope that, like, because I think you're going to throw Hopkins in with the Browns. It could have been really something special. I agree. Uh, but it also makes me think sometimes, sometimes a guy is out there, and then it's our job to discuss how said guy could impact our team that we cover. Mm-hmm. And so it really gets us thinking like, oh, you know, they should go for this. They should go for that. There's 32 teams in the league. That's true. Your team isn't always in the mix on every player. They can't be. That's also true. So I, I saw a little bit out there of like, oh, the Browns should have done that deal. Or they should have done Well, yeah, maybe. But maybe they didn't know that. Like, it isn't like a video game where you know the other deal that the other team is offering. And they're like, the team calls you and they're like, we got this deal on the line. Do you want to match it? A team will go out a lot of times and be like, hey, best offer right now. And then they'll hear what the offers are. Or or an agent will say, we need your best offer right now. They'll hear what those offers are. They'll take the best offer. Your team isn't in on every player. So every time you see a player sign somewhere else that you really wanted, it doesn't mean that your team didn't go for it. It doesn't mean that your team didn't think about it. It's There's 32 teams out there. Like yeah. sometimes somebody just makes a better deal. Yeah,
1: absolutely, and, and
0: I and so I think, wasn't like you know, I wasn't like mad at the Browns. I guess is what I'm trying. I wasn't like disappointed no, with him for no, not signing him.
1: No, I mean I, I I would just say a little bit disappointed because I was excited about what he would give this offense. Um, but, but yeah, I mean I, I think I talked about this a, a few weeks ago. I think the flexibility that the Browns maintain by not making the signing is is probably pretty valuable to them because, yeah, you know there there is the opportunity here to for them to if they are say you know say that they are at the trade deadline uh you know i think it's like week eight so let's say they're five and three or six and two but there's a clear position of need whether it's defensive tackle or linebacker or safety or cornerback or offensive lineman gets hurt and they need to make a move either a signing more likely a trade for an expensive veteran on a team that's not competing they have the cap space flexibility to do that right now if they had signed hopkins they would have been really pushed to have that flexibility so i think it's probably valuable to them to hold their powder a little bit and see what this team becomes through the first month of the regular season before maybe making a,
0: a another all-in move, you know, that that would really push them towards the top of the AFC. Yeah, and so what you're saying is think about what the Eagles did last year. The Browns are exactly. kind of in that position. Yeah, they could be. Where the Eagles, during the year, went out and got a couple veteran defensive linemen that helped push them into the Super Bowl, basically. Yep, exactly. Uh, right. and yeah, and yep. again, it's it, – Maybe the Browns were in on Hopkins. Maybe they weren't. Maybe they were. Maybe they threw an offer out there. Maybe they didn't. Uh, but to, to, you know, I just saw a lot of people sitting back making assumptions like, "Oh, the Browns should have just made that deal." Well, you don't know that they didn't make a deal. Right. But ultimately, ultimately, it was Hopkins and his people who chose Tennessee. Yes. The other big news that again, it, uh, and you shared this, and I want to let you share. You shared it in our Slack. I want to let you share it here. But um, some running back news. Mm. um there's a couple running backs out in the league big name running backs that did not get deals from their team and uh and you found some interesting stuff so why don't you why don't you take the lead on this one
1: yeah it was just it was an Adam Schefter tweet that was pointing out that the last 10 million dollar plus running back extension was Nick Chubb in 2011 so uh you know I think over two years ago now 2021 uh yeah so uh, I just think that's very interesting. With with Barkley and uh, Josh Jacobs both not signing their franchise tags, that means that they can miss all of training camp up until the first game without any penalty because they are technically out of contract at this time. And so, you know, those those holdouts or whatever you want to call them, or look look to continue at least a little bit longer. Um, but 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 it always reignites the conversation on NFL Twitter of running back value and where it's headed and these sorts of things. I saw a a conversation between two Cleveland uh, Twitter, you know, uh, uh, celebrities, if you want to use that word, uh, talking about, you know, the relative value of Saquon Barkley and how good of a running back he is. And, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a position that your perception of how you watch the NFL and like whether you consume it more through stats and film analysis or whether you consume it more through highlights and fantasy really has a large bearing on how you perceive the value of these players. Uh, You know, I I think the Giants rightly don't see Saquon Barkley as a difference maker for their team going forward. And there's other people, you know, that think, oh, he's one of the better running backs in the NFL because when he hits a big run, he looks basically unstoppable. But that's, you know, that's not really on a per-play basis reflective of his talent. My point is that the Browns, in some way, despite really kind of getting a, at the time, favorable deal with Nick Chubb did kind of uh, set the market and then kind of back away, or, you know, the market kind of backed away from that. It was really seemingly high
0: tide for running backs when uh, Nick Chubb signed that deal. You and I don't view this the same, but I wouldn't say I view it in terms of highlights and fantasy. I think there's a middle ground, and I think that's what happens in a lot of these conversations is, God, you know, it's, it's the same thing in everything in life. Everybody just splits to the edges where – Oh, running backs are wow. What about like guys like Barry Sanders and Emmett Smith? And it's not that. But I think on the analytics side, there's, um, it's too leaned into, they're not as valuable as we think. And I agree with that. I do. I think, I think there's a middle ground. I think, I think there's certainly, I think there's more, I think running backs are way more valuable than what this trend in the NFL is. But I also think maybe I put a caveat on that and say the right running back. Right. Uh, that's I think, that's the whole thing. I think Nick Chubb is the right running back. Mm-hmm. I think Derrick Henry is the right running back. I think Christian McCaffrey is the right running back. I think Saquon Barkley is if he's healthy. And that's, that's the thing with McCaffrey Barkley is if those guys are on the field, I think they're the right kind of running back. But the health concerns scare people off. But I think there's also, I think there's this prevailing theme on the analytic side of things that say, well, yeah, but like, it's more of a passing league. So couldn't the Browns get as much out of like, um, Jerome Ford as Nick Chubb? No, <laughs> no, 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 they can't. And it's not close. And until I, I, you know, I think the one, the area where you and I have really disagreed in the past is when do we think Nick Chubb is going to hit his cliff? And I don't know that. And you don't know that. And you can say by the numbers, it's this, this, and this. But there's a lot of real special running backs have gone beyond the numbers. And there's other real special running backs that that haven't. You have to look at your team and say, is this guy we want to build around? I think it's an epic mistake by the Giants Hmm. because because you don't have anything else. Hmm. You've already made the horrendous commitment to build your team around Daniel Jones. And then you took away from him your best option probably in the passing game and in the running game. If, if Saquon Barkley leaves the Giants, you took, you took your most complete offensive weapon in the passing or the running game away from a guy who's already a below average quarterback that you've already committed yourself to. That doesn't make sense to me. Well, I mean, Mike, I would just, I think
1: I would kind of just say something that you said in regards to the Browns and DeAndre Hopkins. We don't know what the Giants were offering Saquon Barkley and what Saquon Barkley wanted. You're right? right. You're right. If, if Saquon Barkley wants top five running back money, then I think the Giants are probably right because I do think they can replace what they got from Saquon Barkley. I mean, if 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 they wanted to sign and trade him or whatever the mechanism would be and sign a Dalvin Cook, I don't think the downgrade would be that significant. Uh, where, whereas, you know, a player- Delvin like, Cook I, is
0: also not, uh, like Dalvin Cook's been hard to sign. He's looking for money.
1: No, I understand. I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to say is, I, I think to go back to your first point, I agree with you in that, Running backs don't matter except for the elite few. And they really do. And and Nick Chubb is currently sort of the, the standard holder, the standard bearer for that class of running backs, right? He is better than every other running back in the league. And it shows up, you know, week in, week out. And, uh, you know, I think the Browns paid him because of that. I think this front office would not have paid. And, you know, I mean, Kareem Hunt is still out there, right? Like Kareem Hunt left. I think, the, I think Kevin Stefanski would like to have Kareem Hunt back, but I think that the front office understands that they were
0: not getting anywhere near value for his salary last year. Well, I and think this think that, point from Philly, I just want to bring this up because I think it's kind of yeah, going along here. Yeah, I don't think there's much separation between the bottom tier and the middle tier. Go. I think that's a really good point by Philly. And I would say that the top tier,
1: I think you have to be very strict about what that top tier is. And, and my argument with Nick Chubb isn't that when he drops off, he's going to be – you know, a a cinder block out there just being drug around, but, but he will, he will leave that top tier. And then all of a sudden that surplus value that he's creating disappears. So even if he's still quite good, if he's even just in the Saquon Barkley realm, he's not in that elite tier. And all of a sudden that changes the math for, for running back contracts. So it's a, you know, it's a very strange situation. I saw some people tonight on Twitter talking about exempting running back salaries. If it's a player you drafted and then you extend exempting that extension from the salary cap, which I think is a very intriguing idea to incentivize teams to keep players that otherwise economically they
0: wouldn't. I agree. And, 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 and and it does it, you know, I'm of the, I'm of the belief that Nick Chubb is special enough that if he wants another contract, I'm cool with it. Yeah. And I know people don't like that. I know, especially analytics numbers people, but, you know what, if Nick Chubb signed another, like a four-year contract in the last two years of the four, he wasn't great, but you got another two elite years out of him, I think it's worth it because he is that good. Uh, but it does. A team like the Browns hits on a guy like Nick Chubb in the second round, you shouldn't be having an ex- existential crisis over the future of your fran- franchise because of what are we going to do with Nick Chubb? Nick Chubb should just be an easy decision. Let, this guy is great. Let's keep him around. Yeah. But the way it's valued right now is it makes it so difficult. Uh do you want
1: me to put you on the spot with a question about Nick Chubb and Saquon Barkley? Sure. How many games
0: fewer did Saquon Barkley play than Nick Chubb over the past two seasons? Not many. Yeah, just two. Yeah. I was yeah. going to yeah, I was going to say Saquon I I think Saquon played all of last year, right? Uh he missed one apparently. And he was and he was insane. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just saying
1: they've they've had about the same durability issues over the past year.
0: Saquon, yeah, yeah. Saquon Saquon's wild. Like say he's wildly good. Like I don't know why we don't talk about Saquon when he's healthy, but I I don't know why we don't talk about him in the same ilk of Christian McCaffrey. There you go. He is that good. So so your answer would be yes to Brett. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Do I think, especially in today's NFL? Yeah, with the right offensive coaching that understands how to use a running back in the modern game, do I think Saquon's the top five? Shit, I think he he might be close to the top. In my I, opinion, I, I, yeah, I, I would not say I would not say that. Oh, I think so. When healthy, I think yeah. so. No. Saquon's for wild, me. and 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 I still think Saquon is. I think he's still getting better. You know, we're talking about a guy that's been in the league what five years, had some injury issues. Yeah played the majority of the last two years yeah was 20, has been really really good so,
1: yeah he's probably at, at peak or about to hit peak
0: but I do like that and when I was on all eyes with uh with Brad we also had Chico on and he said the same thing he goes he goes he said he he almost feels like running back should just get paid up front mm-hmm. like pay them up front yeah yeah cash so on we the- don't
1: have to w- worry right. about this yeah yeah exactly like that really good takeout restaurant what no you don't have like you know the the like the neighborhood takeout restaurant that is somehow stubbornly still not taking credit cards oh yeah 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 you know you so you gotta cash. just you gotta you're like well i'm gonna i want to get i want to get tacos from that place so i gotta i gotta go get the
0: atm before i go to the restaurant yeah i don't think i have one of those places oh okay well that's what that's what happens when you live in southern ohio right andrew oh wait no <laughs> i mean basically once you get south of 70 it's all the same man yeah, it it brought up a real interesting question because we've talked about it a lot and and now to see a guy like and we're sitting here talking about Saquon, we haven't even yeah. talked about Josh Jacobs. Yeah. And Josh Jacobs yeah. is a guy that led the league in in rushing. Yep. Um, uh, yep. I don't know that I'm such a believer in Josh Jacobs, but No, I think that that was more more about volume
1: and where the, <laughs> you know, where the where the league or where the Raiders were last year more than anything. So, uh no, I mean I, I you know, I I think I think if if it's something that the NFL wants to solve, there are mechanisms to solve it, but I also think that they're probably not that incentivized to solve it. And I think it will be very interesting to watch how this continues to develop over the next few years because I think eventually where we'll get is that you will draft a running back with the expectation that he will not see a second contract
0: on your team. That's wild. Yeah. But it is. it, it also really has me interested to see how the Browns use Nick Chubb because, again, I, yeah. I it, it's, Ford. This, it's this weird feeling. Uh, Jerome Ford is what it is. It, well, this well weird my, feeling my point, Mike, is only that they I think
1: that they drafted him with the idea that he is the second back and, and this this continual thought
0: that they need to oh, bring no in a
1: veteran number two. I think that I think they see Ford as, as the number
0: two. Yeah, and there's plenty of veteran number twos that they could have brought in. I don't think right, there was exactly. even there that's was they were they were never really I mean they were tied to a couple guys, but nobody right. that would have been like, ooh, nice signing. It was all like, right. oh, that's good for depth. Uh but no, it, it all ties back to my my feeling that we're gonna see Nick Chubb on the field more this year. Mm-hmm even if he's not getting the ball as much. Mm-hmm. And I'm really interested to see how they use him. Because again, if he is elite offensively with limited usage, when we're talking about limited usage, I mean like compared to Josh Jacobs, Derek Henry, guys that his teams are going to give him the ball 35 times a game and yep. just say, well, if your legs explode, best of luck to you. Uh, if Chubb is still just as effective as those guys, um, he's going to be screaming for another contract. I mean yep, like absolutely. the city yeah, literally, will but figuratively, for
1: it. yeah. That's yes. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: He will continue to not say anything. Yeah. So what else? Is there anything else uh popular happening in the NFL right now before we get into I don't know, is there anything we want to argue about that you well, remember? no, I I
1: mean I pitched to you pre pre show that I just want to kind of talk about some things that we're looking forward to with training camp because by the time we you yeah. know, I'm I'm gonna, I'm not gonna be here next week because I have I have a work thing. So by the time we reconvene, it'll be
0: we're 30 30 training camp.
1: Yeah, it'll be the 31st of July. We will be a few days from the Hall of Fame game. And so we'll already have a much better sense of what this team is. So I just want to, like, let's say some things, and then we can, we can if we want to, revisit them in two weeks, right? Like,
0: And that I, does not I, mean, just, just for people that are watching, it does not mean we're not having unscripted next week. There's a chance. I, I'll probably try to find somebody to jump on because I'll be around. Yeah, see if um, you can find somebody to replace me. And you tried – you, no, nobody could replace you, Andrew. <laughs> nobody. Uh, you tried to I find did. somebody last week, but nobody was I available. Did. Yeah, because uh, it's July. I mean, man, for me, yeah. first thing that I'm excited about is I'm very excited to see at the end of training camp how the team – how many and how they handle the back end of the wide receiver room because, mm-hmm. again – we went from last year going, oh, all right, we need some production from some of these guys to, oh, which of these guys are still going to be around? Yes. Yep. Because yep. you know Cedric Tillman is going to be around. You mm-hmm. know uh, Elijah Moore, DPJ, Amari Cooper are going to be around. Who are going to be – how many receivers are they going to keep on the roster? Right. And right. Who are they going to be? Yep. yep. Is, does David Bell do enough? Mm-hmm. I mean – there there's there's a little bit of a love affair with the idea of Anthony Schwartz and the coaching staff. We've seen it for years now. Definitely. definitely. Can he is there any chance that guy still makes the team? Right. Who, uh uh, what's his face? Uh Marquise Goodwin. Yep. Is he a lock to make there? There is gonna be how many yep. they're Grant, not keeping nine Barden. wide receivers. Yeah.
1: yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, they're they're gonna have to make some difficult cuts there. I think it is definitely a room to watch because the the there's two there's sort of two issues at play right one issue is who's who's gonna get the most time right and I think we I think we know that but I I'm open to being surprised by how much Tillman is involved in camp right um and then and then the second question is at the back end who who kind of sorts out who sorts themselves out and you know I think it's a fair question to ask how much does this coaching staff, does this front office kind of weigh towards the guys that have been here longer at your point about Anthony Schwartz, you know, I think any fair uh, assessment would have had him off the team last preseason. I mean, he was, he right. was bad. Oh yeah. He was bad in training right. camp and he was bad in preseason last year. And he was still on the roster the entire year. Cause he's a third round pick. You've got that invested. I would hate to see them do that again this year, considering how much talent they've brought in around him that should be pushing him off the roster.
0: Right, but I mean, look what, what's improve. happening right here. Philly says no way, Goodwin doesn't make the roster. Okay, Kevo says Bell's going to make the team. Okay, well now you got six. You, you're you're yeah, you're locked six. into
1: six that right off six. the bat. Exactly.
0: Yep. And that and and really, I mean, DPJ can
1: do the punts. Okay, but but they do have two true returners in Darden and Jakeem Grant. So right? if you keep one of those guys, now you're at seven, which means all those other guys have got to go. And it Correct. Puts you in a you're not even more than seven. Position. No, you can't. You just can't. Do, will they keep do you think they keep seven? I think it's more likely that they keep I, I think what they might want to do is keep seven and then make a post first you know post cut move to get down to six. I think they probably want to be at six, but they probably want to keep somebody whether it's darden grant you know somebody in that neighborhood on the practice squad, but they might keep them through the first cuts to try and save them if that makes sense. all right, fair enough. I mean, uh, but they always, you know, I know that's a very specific prediction. I, I think I think that's a, a room where they're going to have guys that they want on the practice squad all year, so they'll want to try and hide guys.
0: Fair. Uh, next thing I'm looking forward to for camp, and this uh, – So you're just going to name three, and I won't name any? Is that – Oh, I'm just, we're just talking. All right, go ahead and name something. Go ahead and name something. You don't want to switch, got, switch got, off? <laughs> I'm sorry I hurt your feelings, Andrew. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: All right, well, I'll, I'll tell you that I think whenever they start getting into, you know, uh, reps, where they start actually delineating first team, second team, I, you know, they didn't do that at all through camp and OTAs, right? That right. wasn't a thing. It's it's t- typically not. At some point, it might even be after the Hall of Fame game, some point in there we're going to start to see who the second and third team is. The, the, the unit I'm most interested in is the linebacker unit because guys like Jordan Kanasich. Tony Fields, Sione Takitaki have gotten so much love over the offseason that I'm really kind of curious where it all shakes out there. I know it's not the sexiest position, but they don't really have a ton of, like, incumbents. I mean, I know Walker's back, but he's coming off of an injury. You know, I, you would assume that JOK is a starter, but the love that Jordan Kanasic got in the offseason, you know, from, from the defensive coordinator, I think is significant, and I think it will be interesting to see – how they deploy their linebackers, who's getting run with whom, you know what that group looks like. Because I, that's that's the area that has felt the thinnest to me. You know, we had PFF yeah. and other uh, other publications talking about adding like Miles Jack, something like that. Uh, but they, I think they like the guys they've got. I'm interested to see how they use them.
0: Yeah, I'm re- I'm really interested too. And 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 again, I uh, I always find myself a little bit on the outside of the conversation when it comes to all all the OBR guys. Because a lot of guys are so driven by the numbers and the the analytical view of things. And again, when it comes to linebacker, I always have to kind of recuse myself because, yeah, maybe you could say it's not the most important position. But I've also, my whole entire life, in the modern game even, the best linebackers are the biggest difference makers on a defense. Like That's been my whole life. Yeah, it's a lot like it, running back, it, right? It isn't just the 80s. It isn't the 90s. It's, it's. I mean, even modern linebackers, the best ones are the, when you get that special rare breed of linebacker yes. that yep. can cover and rush and play the run and play the pass and do everything, he's just as valuable as literally anybody else on that defense, if not more. Yeah, Because he's right. doing it you're at right. the toughest part of the field to do it. Yeah, you talk about Fred Warner, for example,
1: right? He affects yeah. the game at all three levels. Yeah. And you don't know which one he's going to be affecting on every play because he can go anywhere. I, I think that's a great point. Bra- and I think, the you know, so just to add on to what I said, if if Schwartz can somehow get JOK, Schwartz and Tarver can get JOK, even into that conversation, it would be such a huge step for this defense.
0: Yeah, and and, and listen, I'm a big JOK guy. I think he is, he is that versatile guy that can be so good on so many levels. Mm-hmm. I don't know that the Browns have that guy on the defense, though. Like the, no, I don't that think they linebacker. do, but, so, uh, but I'm hopeful. You know, my, I it, mean, it I want to believe. It's real interesting. I mean, we've, we've made pushes for guys in the past. I have a little bit of hope for Tony Fields. Uh, yep. I think he showed enough last year to make me go, all right, maybe this guy is a late-round pick. Because, again, as a late-round pick, you've got to give him if – you, if you have the ability, you've got to give him time to develop. He's a, a late-round pick for a reason. Yeah. Tony athlete. Fields did a lot to show last year that like, oh, he's kind of developing into something. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know what it is. Right. But at the same time, guys got to make leaps. Yes. Yeah. Taki-taki can't just be the same old Taki-taki. For, for for him to be a part of an elite defense and and, and turn this linebacking core from something that's like, how are they going to be to, oh, that's a pretty good linebacking core. Taki-taki can't just be the same thing he's been. Like, yeah. oh, he makes a good play every now and then. Right. Right. It's not good enough. Jok's got to be out on the field now. Again, I don't. He suffered an injury last year. He played all year the year before. It's not. It's not. It's not like an injury concern for me. But he's got to be out there.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I. I you know, uh, we we made a lot of some comments that Jason Tarver made at the end of minicamp, specifically saying that he wants to see Jok at a at a bigger weight because, and he said this, sure. because it's not about any one play. It's about the the aggregate. Right over time holding up and so yep you know I, I actually think there is a question not necessarily about injury but about what JOK's body looks like and how bought in he is to the Browns vision of where he needs to be to play successfully because if you look at the last two seasons he did play a lot more in his rookie year but both years he did wear
0: down you see it in the numbers yeah it'll be interesting and, and, and actually your second point kind of leads into my second thing that I was looking forward to which is doesn't really have so much to do with the current roster or who's going to be in camp. But I'm really interested for the linebacking position and the defensive line position to be watching that buyout market, to be watching the cuts yep. that happen during camp at other places, because it also feels like those two positions on a defensive level specifically, you tend to see some pretty damn good players Yep, become cap casualties during mm-hmm. camp become just hey trade candidates we're against this is just we're going to move our team a different direction we're going to try to get younger and all of a sudden there's wildly good productive veterans yeah that are sitting there waiting for you to take them and I'm really interested to see how the Browns jump on that market because like you said before I think the way the Browns have structured specifically their defense they should be an active player in the buyout trade cap casualty market. And I think they could bring in a player that would, that's going to maybe drop somebody's jaw. Like, whoa, the Browns just picked up who right on a one-year deal Mm -hmm. uh, to be a really big, impactful player for this team. Yep.
1: I agree with that. And I think, I think that there's a, a a good chance of, you know, like I said before, a, a trade happening. Now I think this could drag into the regular season, but I think, you know, that flexibility that they have with having enough cap space to bring in a pretty decent contract. I mean, you know, some, some aggregation site a few weeks ago or maybe it was even just last week kind of floated some Aaron Donald rumor out there, you know, and I mean, that's obviously the extreme end. Right. But, right. But, but the idea is, is that, I mean, to, to your point, Mike, there are teams that have players on their roster right now that they don't really intend to go into the season with, but they're holding them because they understand that often training camp creates value through injury or, or disappointing production, those sorts of things and, and teams realize we need one more guy. We need one more guy to finish our da- defensive tackle room, our linebacker room, our you know our cornerback room. the browns the browns get to, to the third week of training camp. it's like we don't really have a nickel cornerback actually and we would really like to have one of those for the season and so they got to make a move. So yeah, I mean that's that is absolutely the flexibility that they've maintained uh, with the cap situation that they had that they can add one more truly you know i mean i don't want to oversell it right but a difference making player right yeah so uh uh another thing that i'm really looking forward to and this is you know this is this is classic uh you know uh two sides of the same coin situation right because we have talked at other times about how the off season your content starved and you just any clip that's posted you, you know everybody loses their mind right Deshaun Watson throwing in a seven on seven, throwing on air, makes a makes a throw to the back corner of the end zone, and and you know it, everybody just laser wild, beams. Right? Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. Right, exact, yes, he, he's him,
0: right? He yeah, is him.
1: Yeah, the eye emoji proliferates, right? So, so that's that's one side of it. But the other side of it is, at, at at some point, I mean, you said I think it's like the first or second day of August, they will actually be in Berea for a full team practice that's open to the public. And, you know, our, our, our guy, Jake Burns, other people that, that, you know, understand the the nuances are going to be watching and they're going to be looking for the signs of where this offense is headed. And we haven't really seen those yet because they control media access to the, uh to the, you know, practices during the off season so heavily that training camp is where you see those glimpses. And then even a little bit into the preseason games, because I know there's no chance that Sean Watson plays in the Hall of Fame game. I think we agree on that, but.
0: Kellen I, Mond think, I said play. something different. I, I, you think, I you don't, think he's out there in Canton. I don't think you're wrong per se, but I think there's I think there are other like I think there's implications and 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 forces from outside that would be like, hey, chuck him in for a series. Oh, yeah. Well just, I that, mean, that's all I'm saying. No, I hear you. Like it's because it's a nationally televised game, in but Canton. it's also here.
1: And it's in it's in Ohio, yeah. It's in the Cleveland area. No, I think that's a good. I think that's a good point. That's worth considering. My point was just going to be whether it's Kellen Mond, Dorian Thompson Robinson, Josh Dobbs. Those guys are all in the same Watson mold, so they're going to be. It, there's no more Jacoby Brissett two offenses stuff happening. Is my point correct? This is there's one Browns offense, and no matter who's running it there will be signs of what that looks like in the
0: preseason that we can That's my diagnose favorite thing. together it's what you just brought up is my favorite thing about this offseason se- off it's the thing i'm most excited about yes. for this offseason yes yes i don't think there was enough conversation and we had a lot of conversation but i still don't think there was enough i still don't think there was enough conversation of just how ridiculous the ask of uh, the ask was of everybody on the browns last year yes Hey, w- uh, when did Deshaun get his suspension handed down? August? Yeah, I looked it up. It was like the third week of August. Right. Towards the end <laughs> of August. When got extended to 11, yeah. So you don't know. You're in training camp. You're you're yeah, you're yeah, literally in the of, middle of training camp. You're like at the end of training camp. Yeah, I think it was when they were doing the joint practices
1: with the Eagles, which would have been like the third week of training camp, yes.
0: Yes, yes, y- yes. You played your first two preseason right. games or That's something right. like that. That's mm-hmm. right. Uh, you you go in thinking, okay, well, we don't know whether Deshaun's getting we, – we figure he's going to get a suspension. Right. Is, yeah, we at were that point talking it was here. Yeah, We were talking here. Is it going to be four? Is it going to be six? Is right. it going to be a full season? What's it going right. to be? Now you've got to flip to, okay, we can't do the same stuff with Jacoby Brissett that we did with Deshaun. So right. now we have to implement this other thing. But now when Deshaun comes back, we got to go back to what we were working at. That is impossible. Yep. And yeah, we I think that. it got lost. <laughs> yes. What's that? We saw how impossible it was.
1: They proved it was impossible. I, I mean, think it, you it know, got lost. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a that's Mike. That's a great, great point. And I was just having this conversation with Jake on his podcast that I I think through the course of the offseason, we've kind of untangled, you know, all the different. You know, it's like you know that that cord bin that everybody has in their basement, right? Where you, like if you have a right, a, right, a, an extra Ethernet cable, that Your was gun. the Browns' offense in 2022, and trying to pull that apart is what we've been doing all offseason, what happened. And I think uh, I'll just restate it here for the folks that are watching Uh, on this stream. The Browns had two offenses. They truly did. They had the Jacoby Brissett offense, and then they had the Deshaun Watson offense. They went down to Houston. They, um, They installed and ran the Deshaun Watson offense for one game. And it wasn't that Watson struggled. I mean, he did, but that's not what was really concerning. It was that everybody else struggled. So everybody else on the offense was not ready midseason to switch offenses. So they ran one game of the Deshaun Watson offense and then went back to the right. Jacoby Brissett offense for the final five games of the season. And so then Watson was the main guy struggling because that's not an offense that he's ever played in. So we It's wild. I, I think, that's wild. Exactly. And and asking wild. them to do that, switch and then switch back and expect results. Now, you know, I don't want to, like, use that as a blanket excuse to cover all of the other issues because I think there are other issues to talk about, but oh, my, for sure. my, my point is that that's over. And, and, and so no matter who's running it, no matter who's on the field, we will be seeing what the Browns offense in 23. Now, again, it's not going to be the whole thing, obviously, because they got Cincinnati week one, so they're going to be really close to the vest with this. But we are still going to see some stuff that will give us
0: indicators, signposts, if you will, of where the Browns are headed in 2023 it's very exciting. My my last thing I'm super excited about Andrew for training yeah. camp is um the 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 coaching shift and to hear everybody's impression of it. Exactly. You went from Kevin Stefanski mm-hmm. and Alex Van Pelt on the offense and Joe Woods who's kind of personality-wise Kevin Stefanski-ish, kind of mm-hmm. you never really heard from him. Yes. And Mike Prefer and it, you went from that group to Okay, we fired those guys. We brought in Jim Schwartz, who's been around forever. He's won Super Bowls. He's been a head coach. He's a fiery dude, right? He tried to fight Harbaugh out on the yep, uh, you right. know, the 50-yard line. Mm-hmm. He's a loud, fiery, energetic guy. You bring in uh, Bubba Ventrone, who yep. you know he's going to have a little motivation because of his career here. Definitely. Uh, yep. And he wants to be a I, head coach. I'm very, very interested to hear from both the media, like, like our, our buddy Fred mm-hmm. or, or the players I'm very interested to hear how camp has changed. Yep. With a brand new set of, and, and I, I sincerely hope this I sincerely hope Kevin Stefanski lets those guys do what they do. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You know, it's, yep. I think we're all a little scarred by Hugh Jackson. This is my bus. I drive the bus. This is yes. my team. Yeah. Uh, Until you sit in this chair, you don't know what it's like. I I sincerely hope Kevin Stefanski is the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. Hey, you do what you got to do. You do what you got to do. Let's just get this team to win. And I'm really, really, I'm so excited to see the the, the whole team dynamic shift because of the coaching changes.
1: And it should be obvious, right? Like it should It should be very obvious. It should be pretty obvious even to people attending, right? Because... Schwartz is not a guy that's going to hold it close to the vest all the time. He's going to let loose and there I expect that the competition level should should definitely notch up a little bit. Especially I mean I know that those practices with Philadelphia are in Philadelphia and obviously closed to the public, but I still think we're going to hear some things and you know maybe see some things from that that you know we do hope that there's a tone shift because you know there were scheme issues with the defense last year, there were personnel issues with the defense last year. But I I think that we can kind of agree that one of the issues was an issue of attitude and willingness and want to, That's and it. that can't happen on a defense in the in the NFL. It really can't, especially if you want to win anything. It just doesn't have any place.
0: That's it. Yeah. All right, man. Listen, we're towards the end of the show, but you got one more thing to be excited about. Tell me. Well, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, it. I probably used my best thing for a second, but I, I think, you know, the As other thing, the that, old adage is save yeah. the best for second. Yeah. That's what they say. Uh,
1: I, I would <laughs> just, you know, the other thing that I would say is that I think that there are some, there are some rookies that, you know, I think are going to have roles to play this year. I mean, I, I do think Cedric Tillman can contribute this season. I definitely think Siaki Ika is going to contribute this season, right? I mean, I think he kind of has to. He's the way a kid that they've better. Got this, yeah, exactly. The way they've got this defensive tackle room, uh, you know, uh, constructed. I think he ha- he has to have a small role, but a but an important role, frankly. Uh, you know, I think Isaiah Maguire has a chance to have a role. Um, I think Cameron Mitchell has a chance to have a role as a guy that can play nickelback. So that's it. Um, you know, when teams make playoff runs kind of from out of nowhere, which now I don't think the Browns fans think that the Browns would be coming from out of nowhere, but nationally they certainly would be. Sure, uh, it It does rely on players that are drafted, you know, that year kind of showing up. And we haven't really seen, I mean, we definitely saw MJ Emerson last year, but we haven't seen enough of it in my mind in terms of, well, that guy really, you know, really kind of came out of nowhere and contributed right away. And so I want to see some of that this year. I want to see, Some of these guys that they took that are, you know, don't really fit the quote unquote age guard rails, right? Guys. I mean, Cedric Tillman is an older player. Yeah. He was not a player that we at the OBR expected them to draft because of their tendency to draft younger players, but he should be ready to contribute this season because he's an older player. So I want to see those guys have a role. I don't want, you know, I'm not expecting it's, this is not a repeat of last year where we thought David Bell, some folks were saying he's going to have 80 catches in his rookie season. It's not that, but there is something that Tillman can bring to this offense that, you know, is, is valuable in terms of a a guy who's down the depth chart and is not on player other teams radar, but he can win one-on-ones down the field that there's, there's a role for that in this offense, especially with his size and speed combination. So uh, yeah, that I think I would be excited for that. I want to see, and and training camp is always the time, right? It's always the time where these guys that are kind of, you know, below the radar, not somebody that you are familiar with. You get to see them play like, I'm even curious to see what DeWan Jones looks like because I don't think he's going to play this year. We hope he doesn't play this year, but if he can impress, it starts that trajectory of this guy might be able to replace Jack Conklin in a year or two, right? Or can Dorian Thompson, robinson Carball role is like the backup court. I mean, so I just, you know, I love these guys kind of coming in from nowhere and I think uh, not nowhere, but, but, but coming into a team and earning a spot. And I, I think, you know, they drafted some players this year that have a chance to do that.
0: I think it's. I think. I think to expand on it uh, real quick before we get out of here, Andrew. Yeah. I. I don't. I don't think that excitement for me is reserved to just the rookies either. I think that's a good point. Yeah. I think you've brought in some rookies with these expectation that some of these guys got to have a role on this team. Yeah. Well, what else does that do? That better mm-hmm. if they're halfway worth their salt. Yeah. That better. Yep push some guys that maybe haven't been so exciting for us that have been here for a year or two years. Great point. To, Hey, I better either take the next step or I'm going to be looking for another team next year. Great point. So now we're talking about Jordan Elliott, Tommy Togi. We're talking about some of those linebackers we were discussing. We're talking Mm -hmm. about this whole crew of, Hey, which one of you guys is going to step up or are we just going to let this rookie take your job?
1: Right. Even a guy like Alex Wright, right? Like, I mean, he's, yes. he,
0: now they brought two guys
1: in kind of in front of him. They brought McGuire in behind him. Isaiah Thomas is still lurking. You know, is he moving inside potentially? What happens with a guy like Alex Wright? That's a third-round draft pick should be taking – a guy that came from UAB should be taking a big step in year two. All comes
0: from raising the floor. That's right, yes. One yes. way you raise the floor is by getting rid of some people that are making the floor really heavy. That's Get right. them off the floor and let them yeah. raise. So right. we'll see who steps forward we'll see who can't handle the pressure and doesn't make this team Mm -hmm. because there's going to be some cuts this year. I think this is the one of the first years where it's like, Oh, we're going to see some guys go from this team that maybe felt pretty safe in their roles in the past. Yeah. I agree. And they ain't going to feel safe this Mm -hmm. year. Yeah. And that's a good thing. So yeah. All right, man. Well, listen, awesome to to be back. Yep. I look forward to talking to you again in two weeks.
1: Yeah. Well, like I said, let's, let's, you know, try and keep in mind what we said and, and, you know, we'll check in in two weeks. I mean, yes. I guess the Browns still at that point won't have been in Berea yet, but, but still we'll have a better sense be right of some there. Of the answers to these questions. Yeah, exactly. So I'm looking forward to it. And I, and I think, you know, I, I will just, I, I know that you'll plug the OBR. I just want to plug, we are going to have exhaustive training camp coverage at the OBR. Oh, yeah. So please on a daily basis, be checking in with us because we are going to, Even this week, we've we've, we're starting to gear up our training camp previews. Uh, Jake Burns has got a 53-man roster prediction that you can go read right now. That kind of breaks the whole thing down. We are going to cover it from every angle, so please be with us there on the OBR on a daily basis.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. The OBR the best Browns coverage you're going to get out there uh, analytically uh, from a perspective of numbers, but also just knowing the game. uh, The best coverage you get is on the OBR, and we're there, guys. Uh, The next unscripted, which We'll be, I'll find somebody to do it with me next week because I'll be bored. So I'll find somebody to jump on with yep. me. Uh, so we'll be back next week. But once we're back next week, the Browns are going to be heavily into their away from home training camp out at the Greenbrier in West Virginia. We'll talk about the reports that have come out of that. We'll talk about so much more, but it's been so good to be back. Uh, we appreciate you guys, everybody that joined us live here tonight. All of you that jumped into the comments, you guys were awesome. There were too many comments to even read as we went yep. through it. So whether you watch us on YouTube or Twitch, if you didn't hit that subscribe button somewhere, make sure you hit that. Thank you to all of you guys that did gifted subs. That was wild. That was awesome. So thanks for doing that at the beginning of the show. And also a big thank you goes out to Ian McBride, Ian running things in the background, putting up pictures, making sure we don't totally look stupid. It's mm. uh, a big job. It's a it's big, a big job and Ian does big it well. Ass. So big shout out to Ian. Thank you, Ian in the background. That's going to do it for us. Tomorrow we got garage beers. I don't know when we got is OBR. <laughs> I don't know if OBR. I didn't even look at the schedule. OBR Weekly might be on Wednesday. I think it maybe. Be. It might be. We'll figure that out. Yeah. Uh, and then All Eyes on Cleveland on Thursday night. And yes, OBR Weekly is on this week. So four nights on the OBR streaming network. coverage. Four nights of coverage all week this week. Make sure you join us for all that. But that's going to do it for us here on Unscripted. For Andrew, I'm Michael Keefe. Thank you for joining us, and go Browns, everybody. See you later. Did we, we get We're uh, back. We, yeah, did we didn't get
1: a chance. I was going to really had a good one to make fun of the – I wanted to make fun of that white helmet reveal video. I of dude wipes.